the first time. Uh, if you're a resident in Phuket, very warm welcome. If you're on holiday or vacation, whichever what you like to call it, in Phuket, well, welcome. Have a great time. This is the center of the universe. It is paradise, and we're glad you're here. Praise God. And this is the best place to be on a Sunday night in Phuket. Unless, of course, it's a celebration weekend, then no one will be here anyway, so please don't come then. So the next two weeks, next two weeks in March, no Sunday night. We're continuing to look at, anyone? Changing the spiritual climate, right, it's part five. And it should come up on the screen, there it is. Just to confirm, it's part five. There we go. And um, we are wanting to see Phuket change. And next week is going to be a real step forward. I truly believe that. In the 19 years that we've been here, I don't think we've ever seen anything, such, a, such an act of unity, as we're going to see next week. And... It's just scratching the surface of what is possible. Right? We're gathering together. It's not unity in the sense of, of uh, we're all together following the same teachings or, or whatever, but, but it's a case of it's a step in the right direction. And it's, it's a major breakthrough to see all the churches join together like this. And so we're starting to see the spiritual climate change. And I don't think it's coincidence that as we pray for things like this, that they happen. And so as we believe that the spiritual climate will change, then we're going to see things like this happen more and more. My city is going to be God's city. Hallelujah. Are you praying for Phuket? And if you're a visitor here, well, you can apply this to wherever you come from. That my city should be God's city. And one of the things that I see before I go to sleep every night, and I'm just praying, Lord God, your blessing upon uh, our house, your blessing upon our neighbours, your blessing upon our village where we live. Lord God, your blessing upon this city. Just as before I go to sleep, every night I see that road sign on the road in Argentina on the way into the city of Mar del Plata where it says, Mar del Plata, God's city. And I see that and I think that can be the welcome sign as you drive from the airport into Phuket. Welcome to Phuket, God's city. It can happen. Hallelujah. That is a tremendous thing that we can believe and we can pray and we can see transformation take place. Over the past few weeks we've been looking at a few things and I make no apologies for just recapping a few things because uh, these things are so important. We need to change our way of thinking. And we can be so set in certain ways that we cannot really see what God is doing because we, 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 we hold on to certain patterns of belief that have standed us, that have done us good over, over a long period of time. But we've heard by the word of God this year that God wants to do a new thing. Now either it's, it's a new rehashed thing or it is actually a new thing. And I don't think it's the old made new. I think it is brand new because God, my God, is still creator. Anyone say amen to that? He is still creator God. He does new things. He has limitless resources. He is all powerful. And my God is doing a new thing. And so we've been 
encouraging everyone to adopt this principle, to believe this principle. That when a Christian speaks peace over the lost, the spiritual environment changes for the better, which eventually leads to opportunities for meaningful spiritual conversation and prayer. And our basis, our, our scriptural basis for this has been taken from uh, the book of Luke in chapter 10. And as you know, we've been looking at four, a four-step process that was instituted by Jesus to empower us to see transformation in our community, to prepare the community for the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, we're not talking in this sense of the second coming, but the coming through the good news of Jesus Christ in the lives of the people in that community. And we said that that process involved four things. First of all, we bless the community. We pray God's blessing upon people. Now, that doesn't mean to say you pray and say God make them more prosperous in their wickedness. But we say the blessing that we pray upon people is to bless them in things that are good. Hallelujah. Bless them in good things. Give them a good nature instead of a nasty one. God, bless them with a happy day instead of one full of frustration. God, bring blessing to the people around us. And then, through praying and ble praying for blessing for people, we trust that God will then lead us into fellowship with them. As we fellowship with people, we find out what kinds of needs they have, and so we are able to pray for their felt needs. And finally, we can then minister to them as we pray for their felt needs, we see miracles happen, God answers prayer. Aren't you so glad that we serve a God who answers prayer? Amen? You see, this uh, four-step process that Jesus told his disciples to go out and do, it works. Incredibly, it works. And I've seen it in action this week. This is a lady called Kukai. Kukai. Should I say Kukai? Not Kukai. Cook Guy, okay, which uh, is also the name of this restaurant because it's this lady's restaurant. And uh, it's located in Kurapuri, which is about three and a half hours' drive north. It's the place where we're planting a new church from this church. Hallelujah. That's good news, right? So we've got different places all the way up the coast now, almost four hours away. So my Fridays are spent in Karaburi. So if anybody tries to get me on Friday and I say, you can't get me, I think it was Jill the other day, says, can I see you sometime today? Well, I'm not here, Jill, I'm in Karaburi. So um, that's where I am every Friday. And that's where I have my lunch. Now, two weeks ago, we went into this restaurant for the first time. And uh, there was Pastor Nock, she was with me, and uh, Chu, one of the Thai ladies, and Wan the Pa, one of the Thai ladies, and our first member, church member in Karapuri, Nah. And so we went in to have our lunch in this place. And in uh, the, uh, the mode of transformation, instead of just saying grace, uh, quietly whispering it to each other, or, or silent grace over our meal, which is what we used to do in the past, instead we invited the owner of the restaurant, she's the owner, she's the chef, she's the cleaner, she does everything because she's the only one there. 
And so we invited her over and said, Would, do you mind if we pray God's blessing upon the restaurant? And she said, no, yeah, please pray. I don't mind at all. And so we prayed God's blessing upon her and upon the restaurant. Now, last Friday, I went up with my team. Would my team stand up? There he is, right? <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you, when we, when we plant a new church, we make sure we send up the handsome guys, okay? So, pretty much me and Alex, really. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> so, we went up and we went to this restaurant again, had our meal, and we prayed, and, and we prayed, uh, you know, God bless the food, and God bless the restaurant, but God bless, couldn't cook guy as well, and uh, that was fine. I got the bill, a lot cheaper than in Phuket, really good food, very nice, and we were just about to walk out, and Kung Kuk guy shouting, he says, come back, come back. So I said, why, what's the, what's What's the matter? He says, I want my blessing. You haven't blessed me this week. Please bless me again. And you see, no one's going to turn down the blessing. And so this week she started saying, well, my mum lives here with me. And so this week, the well, first week we prayed for her and we prayed for a restaurant. And this week, this week we prayed for Cook Guy, we prayed for a restaurant and we prayed for a mum as well. And you see, the whole thing is developing. Now, this lady, I tell you, you'll see this lady in church worshipping God. You will. You will. Because God's hand is in this. And it doesn't cost us anything to bless people. And you know, I've not met many people who say, I don't want a blessing. In fact, I'm reminded of a time where... Uh, a quite a few years ago now in Phuket, before Robinson's was built, it used to be a field. Uh, well, in fact, before that, there was, a, uh, there was a, an ocean thing, but behind it, there was, a, there was a, just a field there. And there was, a, there was an evangelistic crusade put on by a church that's not here anymore called the Four Square Church. And um, we went along to it. And there were about 200 seats set out behind what is now Robinson's. And uh, the preacher came from Australia and he was preaching in English and it was being translated. And he preached and he said, all those who want to accept Jesus as Saviour, raise your hands. And the translator said, everyone who wants a blessing, raise your hands. And so everybody there, in people walking past, everybody raised their hands. And there was like, like revival. Revival broke out. Well, the Australian preacher thought revival had broken out. And I was, I was thinking, that's not what he said. I was just thinking about the translation. But everybody put their hand up. And it was quite funny in a way. And they said, he said so if you, if you want Jesus as your saviour, you come out the front now. And so the translator says, if you want a blessing from God, you walk out the front. So everybody went out the front. You see, nobody actually gave their hearts to Jesus, but everybody wanted the blessing. And, it, and it's not hard, is it? Because people will say, do you mind if we bless you? Yeah, come on. Yeah, please. Bless me. 
And so blessing people is something that's so easy. And now, in Carabri, just to, to continue the testimony, this woman says, you're coming back next week? I said, yeah. Well, two weeks' time, because it's Good Friday this week, so uh, we'll probably be having Carabri. We'll come here and join with us. But we'll be going back, and we'll be going back to that restaurant. And I'm sure that there will be some prayer requests that she'll start to tell us about, and we can pray for those things. And we'll see God move. And she'll see the power of God. She'll see that God loves her. And she'll want to give her life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because I believe in the power of the gospel. Amen? And as we bless people and we have faith in God, God will answer our prayers. Hallelujah. Right now in Carabri, they've started to advertise on the local radio that we have Christian meetings there. And I mean, it's, it's, it's the safest place that we've got in the whole of the village. We have the church building. And on the right-hand side of the church building is Nas' uh, younger brother. And uh, he's the chief of police, and that's his house on the right-hand side. And her next younger brother, on the left-hand side, is the mayor. And his house is on the left. So we're right in between the mayor's house and the chief of police's house, and they're all related. I mean, come on, it's, it's pretty good, isn't it? Praise God. We're gonna, we've got at least 15,000 15, Burmese up there as well. Hallelujah. That's... Yeah, he's, he's saying, I want to go, I want to go. I've got, you see, the other thing is, why have you noticed? He's another handsome man. Yeah, another handsome man. So we, I mean, we're developing the team now. A team of handsome men are going to take Carabbery for Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at blessing and we saw that there is nothing more wonderful for a person a community a city or a nation than the blessing of God and if you don't believe that that's true go and ask Guy in uh, Karabari the blessing of God be upon you today amen blessing of God be upon you today Lord, bring your blessing to rest upon Phuket, upon Panga. Let us develop a habit of speaking blessing to people. You know, it's so easy for us to criticize. It's so easy for us to, to have a go at people. It's true. You know who the most criticised person in this room is? You're looking at him. Hallelujah, he'll be a pastor. Praise the Lord. Everybody knows a better way to run church than I do. Everybody's got an opinion. Praise Jesus. Bless you all. I love you all. Hallelujah. It's great. 
So, listen, if I can do that, and I really mean that, how much more can you? Because no one's as criticized as I am. Praise the Lord. You see, blessing works. And I have real peace with that. I have real peace with that. Because blessing you and establishing peace in you gives me peace. It really does. There is nothing more wonderful for a pastor than the blessing of God. Hallelujah. And there is nothing more wonderful for his congregation than the blessing of God. Say to the person next to you, may the Lord's blessing be upon you today. Now if you're really genuine when you say that, you actually feel good. It's true, isn't it? You can't bless someone genuinely and not feel good about it. You see, God, put, God has given us this wonderful gift to bless other people. And what a fantastic thing it is. So let's develop a habit of blessing. Speaking the word of God into situations to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring transformation, to announce the kingdom of God. Because blessing is the key to open the door to transformation. And we are that key. We are that key. Now so far, I haven't said anything today that you haven't already heard me say. But I'm going to keep on saying it. Because we have to get it into our system. We have to get it into our system because it's so easy for us to moan, to curse, to criticize, to think we know better. It's so easy for us to do that rather than to bless. Last week, we saw that when we start to bless people, we then start to develop relationships with people. To have fellowship with people. And we saw that fellowship really is building relationships. It's where we introduce people to the kingdom of God. And there are two important things to remember when we meet new people. The first one is that we need to empathize with them. And that means through our language and expression, through our emotions, our attitude, our actions. I'm not going to go over this. I'll just, just brief recap of what we looked at last week. And the second thing that we saw was important was although we empathize with people, there is a line that we don't cross because we have to be faithful to our Christian values. So don't compromise your faith. Always start a relationship how you want it to continue. You don't want people to suddenly discover several weeks later that you're a Christian. Well, you didn't seem like one when I first met you. We don't have to preach Jesus to display Christian values. We don't have to bash people over the head with the Bible 
to uphold the values of that Bible. So don't compromise your faith, but also empathize with people. And we saw that when we start to do what God wants us to do, then righteousness starts to prevail in us. So we've got this sentence, when you actively start to represent the kingdom of God to people, righteousness will prevail in you. Now somebody asked me, what does that mean this week? And it's really, really simple. Basically, the, the sentence came out of one of the commands of Jesus. Where Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Now obeying God, doing the right thing, is what righteousness is. And so if Jesus has given us these four steps in the Gospel of Luke, how to reach out to our community, if we do that, we're obeying God. And so we're righteous. And so if we actively start to represent the kingdom of God to people, Jesus wants us to represent his kingdom, then we will start to live out righteous behavior. We have to do that. And if we start to bless people, and we start to have a, a, a conscious decision within us to be people of blessing, rather than people who say, well... That's bad behavior over there. I'm glad I'm a Christian. Right? And, we, and, we, and we can condemn things. You know, Christians can be the, gr the greatest condemners in the world. And somehow we think, we're, 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 we're Christians now, we're saved now, and those are awful people over there. And thank you, Jesus, for saving us from being like that. I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. But you won't find that anywhere in Scripture. God doesn't teach us to think that way. Nowhere. God wants us to be people who bring good news to the world. Who share his blessing. And freely we have received, freely give. So bless others. That's what God wants us to do. To work together to bless other people. That's the strength of the church. That's the strength of unity. And that's where revival will come when we grasp this as a body. As a group of people together. The church is so powerful. But we don't realize it. We don't recognize the power that we have in unity together to bless others. We are the people that can make this city better. Hallelujah. You might say, it's only a march. Don't get too excited. You're only walking down the street and picking up rubbish. It's the start of something incredible that God can do. Margaret reminded me of something I said 18 years ago. The other day, she said, you said that one day down this street, in fact, the street we're going to walk down, you said that one day Christians will march down this street in unity together. It's true, I did. 
And I believe that God is doing something, not just because we're going to wear out our shoe leather. It's not just because we're going to make it a cleaner place for a day, because the next day the rubbish will come back. But it's a case of the fact that we're coming together as a body of believers, as the church of Jesus Christ. Not Phuket Christian Centre, not any of the other churches here, but the church of Jesus Christ are coming together. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day, it's His church. You see, a lot of churches are in competition with one another. You know, there's rules and regulations. You're not allowed to build another church within... Uh, two kilometers of another one. That, that's one of the regulations from the denomination I come from. You can't start another church within two kilometers of another one. Right? That's a regulation. That's an incredible regulation. Why is that? Because you'll be fighting over the people. Right? And it seems incredible, but a lot of churches are in competition with one another. Right? And if one church down the road has a crusade and, and 200 people get saved and start to go to the church, then the church up the road would say, well, you know, about, I bet they're not really saved. You know, I bet they're, not, you know, they're going to have loads of problems. Right? And instead of rejoicing that that has happened. You see, all 20 churches in Phuket could have 10,000 people in them. And we'd still be the minority. So come on. This march is about something bigger. We need to be involved in it. Praise the Lord. So, we made friends with people. And they start to trust us and they start to share with us about difficulties, about problems they have in their lives. So we need to respond to that. So how do we respond? So this week, we're looking at meeting the felt needs of the people. Now, amazingly enough, there is... The first way that we can meet people's needs is practically. What a day we had this afternoon. Well, what a day we had today, but we had a great afternoon as well. Praise the Lord. And we were able to take loads of stuff from the church over to, um, well, I only managed the beach, but we went on to the camps after, to the, to the Burmese um, folks and, and share some practical help with them as in food parcels and different things like that. So that's fantastic. So there's a practical way in which we can help people. And you know, the Bible tells us to do this. James 2, 15 to 16 says, Suppose a brother, it should be or sister, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? And this is so simple. You know, you can, you can make, have a contact, and they, they have a particular physical need. 
And you can say, okay, well, you know I know Jesus. And we're going to pray with you. And we're going to pray that this physical need will be met. And maybe it's something that you can actually do for them. And so you start to pray for them. And you say, Lord, send someone to help this brother, this sister. Send someone to help this person who is in need. And God is straining on the edge of his throne and saying, I've sent you. And, you know, you think, oh, <laughs> Lord, how are they going to get help? And God's saying, I don't know, because I sent you and you're not doing anything. <laughs> when we see a need and we can do something about it, in the name of Jesus, let's do something about it. Because his love has touched us. And so, through him, oh, oh sorry, through us, his love reaches out to the people around us. And there are so many things we can do practically to help people. And so that's a wonderful thing. And I know we're a, we're a, we've got a good bunch of caring people here. And so I know I'm preaching to the converted. But I'd be remiss if I left it out. Hallelujah. And, you know, let me, let me just... Address something here as well, you know, because in some ways we can we can get a mentality where we're either a giver or a receiver, and so we're always expected to be the one giving, and we never need help. You know, givers need help sometimes. You know that givers sometimes need help. You could be the richest person in this room tonight, and you are not immune to times where you need help. Now receivers can get a receiving mentality. Oh, I'm just the person who gets everything, you know? Gimme, give gimme give this, gimme this, gimme this, gimme this. Right? And you can be the poorest person in this room tonight. And you can think there's nothing of any value that I can give. Now both things are wrong. Both things are wrong. Because all of us can be givers. Hallelujah. You know, today it was great for, our, for, for, for the Thai church and for the international church to give to the Burmese church. But the Burmese church can be givers as well. Amen. Praise God. Right? And the, and the international church, you know, this great and wonderful bunch of handsome pharangs, we can receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You see, it's got nothing to do with where you're from, what color your skin is, or what kind of house you live in. It's got everything to do with your attitude of heart. Because the poorest person on earth can be a giver, right? Praise the Lord. And Jesus even gave that example. It wasn't a parable. He said, look over there. What do you see? He saw the man going in and saying, hey, look what I've got. Praise the Lord. Look how much I'm putting in the offering. There he goes. And then the widow with the smallest coin, all she got. 
putting that in the offering. And Jesus said, who gave the most? It's got nothing to do with wealth. It's got everything to do with heart. So you can be a receiver, you can be a giver, both. At whatever time is, is appropriate. One of the hardest things that anyone could ever be asked to do, right? This is the, this is the hardest part of my job. And there is a few people here who know what I'm talking about because you have to do it as well. The hardest part is when I go to England. And if you wonder, how, how does the pastor get paid? I'm going to let you into a secret. This is how the pastor gets paid, right? I go and beg. It's basically what I do. I beg. Nox being with me, she knows what, he said, what, what, what I have to do, right? And so we go around churches and we preach. And then we sort of had this awkward moment with the pastor of the church where we thought, well, do you want to sort of help support me in Thailand as a missionary? Do you want to basically pay my wages? Do you want to get behind me and help me in what I'm trying to do for God? Right? And it's really awkward. And I had to learn to be a receiver. Giving, I find that really easy. It's not hard. I can give. I give stuff away. I get this from my mum. My mum my mom used to give my toys away. It's a wonder I'm sane. My mum would give. She, once, she gave my pet away once. Bless her, Lord. <laughs> She's 86. She's still alive. And... She blesses me abundantly when I see her. She says to me, what do you know about Christianity? <laughs> uh, so, she's, my, my mum's great. <laughs> I love her to bits. Best mum I've ever had. Um, Talking about, yeah, we could be, yeah, talking about itinerary, yeah, that's right. Going around and asking, learning to be a receiver, it's difficult, you know, it's very, very difficult to actually to go and ask for money. I can do it on behalf when, when after the tsunami, right? I went and we raised about 50 million baht. That was easy, totally easy. I went around preaching and I said. Look at all these people suffering. Give to them. Right? No problem. Praise God. I can't raise 50 million baht for me. Never been able to do that. Right? <laughs> Give to me. Right? right? And, you know, it's, it's so difficult. It is so difficult to be a receiver. And the reason why I'm saying it today is there's some people here and you need to learn how to receive. Because there are people here that in God's plan, want to bless you. And you think, well, they are not as well off as I am. They don't have as much as me. But God has spoken to them and challenged them and they want to bless you. And you need to learn how to allow them to do it. 
receive that. Praise the Lord, because I'm going on practical ways. Now, the next way that you can help someone is emotionally. You can help people emotionally by listening to them, by empathizing with them, by counseling them, by encouraging them. In fact, Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Now there's a strange verse. What on earth does that mean? The first part's easy. Encourage one another daily. That's okay, I can understand that. I got my, But what on earth? Sometimes the Bible gives you things and you think, what on earth are they getting at? As long as it is called today. What does that mean? Capital T. As long as it is called today. What does it mean? It means now. Do it now. That's all it means. Simple. Do it now. Don't put it off. Don't wait till tomorrow. But encourage people now. Because if you've got the heart, a transformational heart, a heart of blessing, a heart of being a peacemaker, then you won't find this difficult. But if you've got a problem with people, if you can't, oh, I'm not going to, I'll bless anybody, but I'm not blessing you. <laughs> Right? If that's the way you think, you're going to have a problem with this. You're not going to be able to encourage anybody while it's today, tomorrow, or next year. You cannot put off blessing. That's what he's talking about. You can't put it off. You cannot put off encouragement. You encourage today. Now is the time. Hallelujah. Now, some clever clogs might come to me and say, tomorrow never comes. Well, in that theology, today never, never does either. <laughs> it's always yesterday, right? Because you're always living in hurt. You're always living in disappointment. You're not getting beyond that. Listen. It's impossible for a group of people, even a church as wonderful as this, to have a bunch of people get together and for us not to hurt one another. It's impossible. The closest person in my life, next to Jesus, is Margaret. And the closer we get, the easier it is to bump I don't even bump you that hard. Um, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? The closer you get to someone, the easier it is to upset them until you get to that point where you think, hey, we've got something more important than those bumps. A lot of people, in fact, the world says one in three, don't get that far and they end up getting divorced. They don't get beyond that point where the bumps don't really hurt anymore because there's something more important. And it's the same with all our relationships. If Christ is the center of what we live and breathe and do and say, then His love 
has to be more important than the bumps. And if we live in yesterday, and if we live with the bumps and the hurts, we'll, nev we'll never be in today. And we'll never be able to encourage. And we'll never get to a greater tomorrow. So this stuff is really important. It's fundamental to how we see the church move on. It's fundamental because if the church doesn't move on, then Phuket's going nowhere. Because the hope of Phuket that the church is in it. Now I know there is a church called the Hope of Phuket, but I'm meaning all of us, not just that one. Because if that one was the Hope of Phuket, well, let's all go there now. <laughs> right? I'm not meaning it isn't either. I'm meaning we all are. Praise God. So we can help people emotionally. We can help people physically. And those two things are very important. But the third way is the most important. The third way we can help people, which may involve those other two, is to involve God. We need to involve God in the response. I believe my God can do all things. Anyone agree? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sure most of you now, if you've been coming to the church longer than at least three months, you'll know my favourite verses. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Praise God. I believe it. I live by it. I trust God in all things. And so, because of that conviction, when I see people in need, I can have the faith to ask them, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? They may not believe in God, but it doesn't matter because I do. Hallelujah. And I'm not too scared to use my faith. You can even tell them that. You may not believe in God, but I believe that God wants to help you and bless you and I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? And I've not met a person yet when I've asked them, is it okay if I pray for you? No one ever in my whole life has said no. No one. They'll say, well, yeah, I don't believe, but yeah. Most of the time they just say, please, Just remember when you do pray for people, be sensitive. I related this morning of a guy that was in the church that I grew up in. As a young Christian, I didn't start growing until I was 19. <laughs> but I grew up in that church very fast. But there was a guy there, and we used to avoid him. And it was really sad, really, because when he walked this way, everybody sort of would walk that way. And it was sort of just everyone would try to avoid him in church. And it wasn't because he wasn't a nice man. He was a very nice man. It was because he was a very loud man. And he would go around. And I'm going to pick on Adrian because I want to. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
And he would walk around and, and, and he'd come up to people and say, Hello, brother! Like, and everybody in church would sort of look. Right? Hello, brother! Are you all right? And if you were naive enough to tell him that you weren't, then everyone would know what was wrong with you. Because he said, I'll pray for you. And I remember it came to a head when the pastor really had to go and talk to him. Uh, one, when, when the guy that in question had been unfaithful to his wife. And his wife didn't know and she was at the back of the church. But she found out. <laughs> so be sensitive <laughs> when you pray. Hallelujah. Once you start to pray for someone, and this is amazing, and it's in Scripture. I'm going to share the Scripture in a minute, but this is just absolutely amazing. I'm so excited because I know what's coming. I better tell you as well. Right? Once you start to pray for someone, from the very first prayer, you're beginning a journey with that person that will bring incredible transformation. Look at this. Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason, and this is the important phrase, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is incredible. The moment you start to pray for someone, Kunkuk Gai, in Karatbury. We started to pray for her. And she has started an incredible journey where God's going to bring transformation in her life. There was a time where someone first prayed for me. I've got people in the world that have prayed for me every day for 31 years. Incredible. It's not Margaret because I haven't known her 31 years. 25 years this year. Oh, it's coming up soon. There's a lot of big wedding anniversaries this year. Praise God, aren't there? Yeah. Big parties this year. So, but it wasn't Margaret, but I've got people. And one of them's coming next month. Peter Jenkins from the Valleys. Right? He's been praying for me every day for 31 years. Incredible. And he can even tell you the first prayer he prayed over me. Incredible that. And so he prays for you as well, because he prays for Phuket. And this is just an unbelievable journey that we, we, we start off with. So that you can be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I tell you what, I've left most of it off. But if you read past verse 9, you go home tonight and you read past verse 9 and see the incredible blessing that comes from prayer, you will have your socks blown off at home. You don't even have to do it in church anymore. Go home, put some socks on and watch them fly off. 
right? As you read verses 10, 11, and 12. But so you see the blessing that comes when you pray for people. You see, is, am I here alone tonight or can anybody get excited about this? Can you dare to believe that this could happen in somebody's life? Amen? That you could actually pray for someone and their life will be transformed because of your prayers. This is unbelievable. You know, since we've been doing this, something has happened in our house. Since we've been doing this message five weeks now, something incredible has happened in our house. Now, for two years now, Margaret has been praying for our maid. And we can have conversations with her about washing up. We can have conversations with her about sweeping the floor, cleaning the windows, changing the beds. We can talk to her about what she did last night. We can talk to her about all kinds of things, but the moment we mention church, she turns away and walks off. Two years this has been happening. Is that right? Margaret is so frustrated, she's thinking, maybe I should just change the maid and try somebody else. Right? And it's just like you meet a brick wall. But for the past five weeks, Margaret has been operating what her hubby has been preaching. Hallelujah. She's been blessing the maid. Right? Not with water or anything, throwing over her head or anything like that, but as, as she pulls up to come into the house, she starts saying, Lord, just bless Ben today. That's her name. Bless Ben. Give her a good day today. So, yesterday, our kitchen was full of bags that we were, we were giving to the Burmese folks. So, we got all these bags. And so, Ben comes into the kitchen. And she sees all these bags. And she turns to me. Right now, Margaret's doing the blessing. Right? But the opportunity comes to me. And sometimes it works that way. Right? You know, I mean, I'm sure even if it couldn't cook guy, I'll be praying for her every day, and I'll be going up there, and I'll be eating her food and everything, and you watch, Pastor Knock will get in the car, go up and lead her to Jesus. Right? So, <laughs> and, and, and forevermore she'll be thinking, Pastor Knock is my spiritual parent kind of thing. And there you go. But does it matter? Of course it doesn't. It's kingdom stuff. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Margaret's been there, blessing this woman. She's been trying to witness to her for two years. And I turn up, and she says, what are all these bags? Are you making merit? Right? 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 So, I said, no, Christians don't do that. And then she said... So what do you do then? Oh. You want to know? Yeah. <laughs> so, 15 minutes later, she knows the way to salvation. Hallelujah. Praise God. And she's going, oh, 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 about how to come to Christ. And Margaret, I go upstairs, and no, she didn't go, well, I've been doing that. No, she didn't. She said, praise God. 
Hallelujah. 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 Praise God because, look, we've been waiting for two years to do this. Five weeks of blessing has changed things. It works, folks. It works. Hallelujah. Now, the wonderful thing about this approach is that people will say, yes, please pray for me. Even if they say no, just pray in your head. Hallelujah. They get it anyway. Pray because I'm a, I'm a blessing machine. Hallelujah. I no longer want to be a mean machine. I'm a blessing machine. Now, if a need is sensitive and personal, maybe the person doesn't want to tell you what's wrong. But you can see there's something wrong. And just say, well, I'll pray. God knows all about it anyway. Hallelujah, you can pray. God, help my friend with their problem. Please give them a solution. It's something very personal. We understand that. Let's be sensitive to people. But let's have faith. Amen? Let's have faith that prayer works. Prayer changes things. Hallelujah. If it doesn't, I'm going to rip that up. Well, perhaps I'm not, I'm probably not strong enough to rip that up, but um, <laughs> pretty hard to rip up that would be. But I'm, so, but I'm not going to because it works. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you don't believe it works, see me later. Now the door is open. The door is open. Because you know what? The door is open for us to minister. To minister Jesus. And you know why the door is open? You know what opens the door? Oops, get back. God will answer prayer. That's what opens the door. Read the Bible. Read the experiences of Jesus. Jesus performed miracles and it opened the door. People then believed in him. Incredible. Prayer is going to move mountains. And unlike the preacher that was here this week, I've not yet met a mountain that was bigger than my God. Hallelujah. Don't know who he was, but we're not having him again. Hallelujah. You'll be able to share about, with, with, with people about Jesus. Those who you've prayed for. They'll say, wow, what you prayed for came true. It happened. And you'll be able to tell them, yeah, because there is a God. And he's interested in you. He cares for you. You'll be able to share with them testimonies. He said, that's not all. I had a similar problem. And God did this for me. You'll be able to share your testimony. And you'll be able to tell them why you became a Christian. Why God changed your life. And that, why you choose to live for Jesus now. And when the occasion arises, you'll then be able to say, look, 
Jesus wants to be Lord of your life too. And you can have the same authority in prayer that I've got. Because he wants to be your father. And that's what this process is all about. This four step process. In the book of Luke. Blessing opens the door for friendship. Which develops trust. And leads to opportunities to share the good news of Jesus. Incredible. You couldn't, you could, you could not believe. You know, I mean, I went into automatic pastor mode with the maid. Because I couldn't believe what had happened. I just couldn't believe what had happened. Because I, I'm expecting her to, I'm thinking, any minute now I'm going to see the back of her head walking off. And she was glued. She was transfixed. Because it had come from her because she'd been blessed by prayer. Incredible. I've finished now. Hallelujah. Came cheers from the crowd. With this verse. Luke 4, 18, 19. It's what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That proclamation of the year of the Lord's favour is to share God's peace. His shalom. I was talking with David earlier and he just said, incredible, he says, you know, that, that how so much of early Christianity that we've lost through traditional Christianity and that we're rediscovering things that they did back then. There was a reason why they said shalom to one another. And quite often now when we say goodbye to other Christians we say God bless you. And it's almost just like a suffix to a sentence, uh, you know, uh, something just added on to a sentence. It, do we really mean what we're saying? Well, if you ask, yeah, I, I really mean it, but then we just sort of say, you know, God bless. Whereas what we're actually doing, if we think about it, is we're asking God's kingdom, God's fullness of blessing to come upon that person. And it's an incredible, powerful thing. That as we say, God bless you, in sincerity of heart, we're actually asking for the Lord's favour to be upon you. What an amazing thing that is. You see, in Thailand, when people say goodbye, moreover, they'll say one of two things. They'll say, uh, see you a new time. Sometime, I'll say, Pop Dan Mai. Right? See you again. Or they'll say, Choke D, which is good luck. And yet a Christian has an incredibly far more powerful thing to say when you leave someone. You're saying, God 
bless you. The fullness of God's richest blessing be upon you. I've started to sign my letters differently now. I used to put, yours in Christ's service. It sounds great, that, doesn't it? Yours in Christ's service. It sounds like so I'm real sort of laborer for Jesus. Yours in Christ's service. I used to put that. Sounds good. But, but now, I'll just put, God bless. Or I might even put, may the Lord's blessing be upon you. Or something, you know, a bit more flowery. Make it sound like I'm, I'm the ancient of days at finishing the letter off, you know. Uh, but put but blessing into it. Right? Just say, God bless you. But, but really mean it. And as I write it, I pray it. You know what I mean? Because as I'm typing it out on the email, Right? Because it's not, it's not, there's none of this snail mail blessing anymore. It's really going fast now. Right? So it's, I'm typing it out. I'm thinking, yeah, God bless them. Give them a good day. Sending a letter halfway across the world, but I'm saying, Lord, you just give them a good day. You bless them. Because I'm trying to generate within me an attitude of blessing. And I tell you, I have to work at it. So I know you do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, you're all better than me anyway, I know that, but, you know, that's such his life, right? I can't help that, I can't change that. I'm from Wolverhampton. <laughs> it just happens that way. It's a place of birth, you know. It's a birthmark, I was born with it. But, but I work at it. Every day. Because if I don't, the old nature will creep back in. If I allow it. This was the commission of God to Jesus. But Jesus is still fulfilling this commission through you and through me. Hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers. Hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight. And we confess our need of you. And Lord, as we pray, we want to make this a personal time. It is so, so easy for us to do the work of the devil. He doesn't have to do a lot of stuff because we do it for him. Jesus wants to build his church. And if we serve Jesus, then we are involved in building the church. Not knocking bricks out of it. Not criticizing. Not having opinions that can spread hurt. 
not being people who spread gossip or listen to it. Rather, God, we want to be the people who bless. We want to be people who share good things, who deliver peace. And for that we need your help. Because so often we fall down. If we're going to change the spiritual climate of Phuket, we need to change the spiritual climate of our hearts first. Not to promote ourselves, but Father, to serve your purpose. To submit humbly to you. And so, Lord, we honestly come tonight and we examine our own hearts. And we say, Lord God, even as, as David said, if there be some wicked way in me. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Help me, Lord God, to be a peacemaker. Help me, Lord God, to be someone who blesses. Through that blessing, Lord God, there is so much release. Because a peace in my brother is the source of peace in me. The peace in my community is the source of peace in me. So Lord God, help us. Help us. That we would not be so opinionated that we cannot see you. What you want to do. I'm not going to make an appeal because I don't want anybody to be embarrassed by confessing to things or whatever. It's not necessary. But you know in your own heart. Lord God, take away the spirit of criticism because I do not want to serve the enemy. Lord Jesus I want to serve you I want to serve you whatever church I'm from wherever I feel I belong or maybe I feel I don't belong because I've alienated myself through opinions well, Lord help me right now to recognize that I belong to you and you want to fill, fulfill your commission through me. So right now, Lord, as I pray this prayer, let the Spirit of the Lord 
fall upon me. And you pray this prayer in your heart. Lord, let your Spirit fall upon me. I believe you have anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I believe you have sent me in your name to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, to share the peace of God with my community. I believe you've called me to do that, Lord, and I will not allow anything to rob me of serving your purpose. If there be some wicked way in me, Lord God, I repent of that tonight. I repent of that tonight. God, let blessing be on my tongue. Let me not run down anyone. Let me encourage. Let me uplift. Take the moaning spirit away from me in Jesus' name. Take the critical spirit away from me in Jesus' name. Lord God, I want to be part of what you're doing in this wonderful city. Where you have placed me, whether it's Phuket or whether you're from somewhere else, the place where you are is the best place on earth because that's where God's put you. God forgive us for being self-centered. Help us, Lord God, to be a people who will bring your blessing to one another and to the community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The medicine is not always tasty, but by golly do you feel better afterwards. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.